Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning and welcome to Thrive Church. We are so glad that you're here with us, whether you're watching online or whether you're here with us in person. We are so glad to have you here as we uh, actually are concluding our series on follow. Uh, Next week we're going to be starting a brand new series called The Power of Re. Okay, the power of re, you know, like what in the world? You know, you know what re means? It means to turn from something, right? So we're going to be looking at different words to start with, the, with this prefix of re, and we're going to be exploring that and what God's word says about it. So make sure you come out and check that out next week. And, um, and as Darren uh, had mentioned too, we, we are doing this baptism coming up. And if you've never been water baptized, we would encourage you to do this. Now, now what this means is it means that saying, you know, my relationship with God, me making a decision to follow Jesus, that could be done you know, by yourself. It could be done in your shower, wherever you want. You can keep it a secret for as long as you want to. But, um, but when we take the step out to get baptized, this is just our public demonstration of saying, you know, I'm choosing to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So we're going to be doing this. We're going to have a picnic after. It's going to be a, a great time. Um, we thought about waiting till the winter to do it, but we figured you guys would like it. It's still a little bit warm weather for doing an outdoor baptism. So I was like, you know, we got to do the hardcore baptism. We'll do it in like January or something. And some people will probably do it, but uh, I don't know. So anyhow, um, so make sure that, 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 you're, uh, that you come to that. And, uh, and if you want to be baptized, it's a great opportunity as well. But we're continuing our series of, of follow. And, and when we've started out this series, we, we discovered that everyone is invited to follow Jesus. Everyone is invited to follow. It doesn't matter what your beliefs are. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter what your occupation is or how you dress or how you look. Everyone, regardless of if you're a doubter or a believer, everyone has been invited to follow Jesus. And we've seen that this is an invitation to relationship. An invitation to having a relationship with God. We also, we talked about, uh, if you guys remember the chick flick PG, you guys remember that? You remember what those mean? Talk about how we're going to dress every day with, with compassion and humility and, and kindness and, and all of these things. And, and so if you didn't see that one, you know, you can check out any of these online as well to get caught back up. But, but today we're going to be talking about an important question. An important question that, um, that at some point you're going to probably need to ask yourself. Because at some point, as you're following Jesus, there will come a time where you're tempted to hit the unfollow button. Anybody on Twitter? You guys, some people are on Twitter. I have a Twitter account. I just, I, you know... Just this past week, I was going through, and people were like, some people were posting some stuff. I'm like, I gotta clean this up. So I go and I find their profile and hit the what? The unfollow button. It's like I don't want to hear from you anymore. Now they weren't people I know, so don't don't take it personally. These were people I didn't even know. But um, but at some point in time, though, you'll be tempted to hit that unfollow button when it comes to Jesus. But before you do that, before you say, you know what, I'm just not gonna follow Jesus anymore. We need to ask ourselves this question. This is a question that was asked by by Jesus' disciples. 
Something that they ask and that, that I think is, is something that would be very important for us to ask as well. In the book of John, chapter 6, we see that Jesus, he fed 5,000 people. The Bible says 5,000 men, and that wasn't including the women and children. So thousands and thousands of people were gathered around, and Jesus fed them off of a few loaves of bread and a couple fish. And he fed all these people, and then after he did that, he was kind of tired. He wanted to get away from the crowds a little bit. So, so his disciples got in a boat. Um, this is when Jesus walked on the water. They all got in a boat, and they went across to Capernaum. Now, the next morning, all these people that just got fed this great feast the day before are like, where did Jesus go? So they're going out, and they get boats, and they get whatever, and they go across to, and, and they're going over to find where Jesus is. And, and as they're there, you know what they started wanting to do? They wanted to make Jesus king. They're like, man, this guy can provide us some good bread and good fish, and that's king material in my book. They're like, let's make him king right now. In fact, they wanted to force him to be king. And, and the apostles, the, the 12 disciples of Jesus, they were not opposed to that. They liked the idea. They, they wanted him to become king. So, so they're there. They... they uh, they, they go over to Capernaum. All these crowds follow him. They crowd the synagogue. And guess what everybody wants? They're like, we want more miracles. We want more bread. Can you give us some, some, you know, some wine with it this time? We heard you made wine once too. And, and they're like, come on, Jesus. What, what can you do? Show off for us a little bit. And then Jesus decided to use this as a, as a teaching moment. And he basically says to them, you know, yesterday I fed you some real bread. And that was good. But, but look, you're all hungry. You're back wanting more. God wants to provide something for you that will really satisfy your soul. That will feed you forever. Not just physically, but it will feed you spiritually. And then he compares himself to bread. And he says, I am the bread that came from heaven. And everybody looks around at each other like, no, you didn't. You didn't come down from heaven. You came from Nazareth. We know your papa, Joseph, he's the carpenter. You didn't come from heaven. He says, no, 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 I came from heaven. They're like, no, 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 you didn't come from heaven. You might be good, but we we saw where you were born. And there's this tension now that's building. And then Jesus' sermon gets really, really weird. I mean, let's just be honest, you know. People like to spiritualize and be like, oh, we we know what it means now. But imagine for a moment some guy who you've barely met, and now he starts saying these words in John chapter 6, verse 53. It says, so Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life. They're looking around at each other like, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works, Jesus. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? That's not how you get eternal life, by, by eating your flesh and drinking your blood. What in the, I mean, put yourself in that situation for a minute. If I started saying, okay, guys, if you guys want to have eternal life with God, you got to come up here and take a bite. You'd be like, that's it. I'm finding a new church, <laughs> you know. I'm out of here. This guy's bonkers. And, and he says, he says, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person from the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone want to sign up for that? 
We're like, wait, wait a minute, Jesus. Like, what's going on? And, and, and he goes on and he goes on. And people are like, this is, this is weird. Is, is, is this sacrilegious? You know, hey, Peter, what do you think? Is this sacrilegious? I mean, is he talking about cannibalism? Does he, like, really, like, want to have, like, a barbecue and, and he's going to be the main course? I mean, this is just getting too weird. And the disciples, I imagine, they're, like, they're, like wanting to pull Jesus aside and say, Jesus, Let's just take a break for a moment, you know. It was a long day yesterday. You walked on the water. That was cool. But let's just, let's just take a little, you know, me time right now. Because we can't lose the crowd. We want you to be king. And you can't lose the crowd. If you lose the crowd, you got nothing. They want to make you king. You can't lose the crowd. And you know what's on the other side of the crowd? The Pharisees. And if we lose the crowd, and they're going to have access to us. And we don't want the Pharisees anywhere around. They already don't like you. Right now the crowd is a good buffer. You know, just don't, don't lose the crowd. We're just a few days away from making you king, Jesus. Come on. You know, let's keep it upbeat here. And, and John chapter 6, verse 60. It says, Many of his disciples said, This is very hard to understand. Anyone agree? I mean, we're like, man, if I was there hearing that, I think I would just be out, you know, just kind of drift into the background. This is very hard to understand. It says, how can anyone accept it? Funny how you use the word anyone. Because what he's saying is, he's not saying, how can I accept it? It's like we're just saying, anyone with a logical mind wouldn't be able to accept what you're saying. So I'm excused from not accepting it because no one would accept this. This is crazy talk. Now, this isn't the 12. This is his disciples. Said. This isn't his 12. This was his disciples, the larger group as a whole. They're all starting to murmur. They're starting to say, like, this guy, you know, he was cool while he was healing the sick. He was cool while he was giving us, like, pizza and soda and all this stuff. That was great. But now that he's saying eat his flesh, who wants to be associated with that? I don't want to be associated with that. So, so, so James and John, you remember, uh, they, they wanted to be Jesus' right hand and left hand. And everybody wanted Jesus to be, be king. And they're like, man, if, if, if he goes down, we're going to go down. We want him to, 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 to do good. And, and their, their idea was that if Jesus becomes king, well, then we're all going to be pretty famous people too. But so they, they, they want to kind of huddle together with Jesus. Like, Jesus, let, you know, hey guys, We'll be back in a moment. We gotta have a little huddle with Jesus. And and like saying, Jesus, you know, we, we gotta chill out. Matthew, can you go tell some tax collector jokes, you know? You know, the the one about, you know, well, what do you do when you see a tax collector in a Roman drowning? Do you go make lunch or do you go take a nap? You know, I mean, go go tell him a joke or something, Matthew. We'll be right back. And like Jesus, flesh and blood, are you are you out of your mind? Tell him a parable. Tell him one of those, you know, blessed are the the peacemakers or cheesemakers or whatever it was. People like that. Tell them something about love. People like that. Not about eating your body. That's weird. So they didn't want him to lose the crowd. And then we go on in the next verse, John 6.61. It says, Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Many of us would be like, yeah, yeah, that that kind of offends me. And then skip ahead to verse 66. It says, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. At this point, many of the disciples, they hit the unfollow button. 
They're like, we could follow you before. We could follow you with the, the loaves and the bread. We could follow you with healing, even though it was on the Sabbath day. We could follow you with all this stuff. But you start talking crazy talk, and we're out of here. We're out of here. So these 12 disciples, you know, Matthew and John and James and, and Bartholomew, all these guys, Jesus' apostles, these were the hardcore disciples. They're, they're kind of listening to Jesus. And they're watching the crowd. They're listening to Jesus. They're watching the crowd. Listening to Jesus. Okay, you're saying some crazy stuff. Watching the crowd. They're murmuring. They're, they're taking, starting to break up here. And you know what they start saying? These 12 disciples, they start looking at each other. Maybe we should go too. <laughs> Maybe going's good, you know? We'll just kind of get over here near the column. Kind of take a step back and just kind of fade into the shadows. Kind of disappear. Maybe nobody will notice because he's talking crazy stuff now. But Jesus knows their hearts. And that's the interesting thing. When we, when we read the Bible, we see Jesus knows the hearts of people. So he turns to the twelve in verse 67. It says, Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Are you also going to leave? Now what do you say? I mean, you can't lie, right? I mean, he knows your thoughts. He knows what you're saying. So, so you can't lie about it. And, and, and we see all throughout the, the New Testament that somebody would think something in Jesus. They're like thinking of a question and he would answer the question before they even asked it. So they're like, well, we can't lie about it. So what do we say? And here in our life, oftentimes there's a, there's a point, there's a day where each of you will consider unfollowing Jesus. And it's often during a time of transition. You know, it's a time when you're, when you're going from, you know, junior high school into high school. It's a time when you're going from maybe high school into college. It's a time when you're going from, from college into the workforce. It's a time where, where you've moved from Chicago to, you know, Waterbury. And now it's like there's a big change going on. And man, where, where I was before, they really valued God and going to church. But now, people around, they just don't seem to care that much. And so, so we're, we're, we're presented with this question. We're presented with this opportunity, with this decision to make of, am I going to unfollow? And the interesting thing is, it's often not because you don't believe it's true. It's very rare that people turn away from God because they're like, I just don't believe it's true anymore. It's very few. But the reason why we turn away is because it's hard. We're like, it's kind of inconvenient. Nobody else around is really doing it, and it's just kind of an inconvenient thing to follow Jesus. Or you're like, oh, but, but you know, he's just so cute, but he's not a Christian, you know, so it's just not convenient for me. Jesus is just kind of getting in the way. It's cramping my style. I, I, it costs too much. To follow Jesus. It's not that you like discovered that the New Testament is wrong. It's not that you discovered, oh, Jesus never really existed. It's not that. It's just like, you know what? I'm just, I just think it would be easier if I didn't follow him. You know, maybe it's when you go through a tough time in your life. There's sickness or there's a loss of a loved one. Maybe there's prayers that you've been praying that have been going, what you feel has been going unanswered. You thought, man, if I obey God and I do all these things, then everything's just going to work out for me perfectly. 
As long as I obey God, everything is going to be perfect in my life. And it's, and it's not perfect. And you're thinking, well, if God's not going to be faithful to me, then I'm not going to be faithful to him. And maybe, maybe some of you are thinking, like, wow, how did you know I was thinking that? <laughs> Jesus knows our thoughts. You aren't thinking of leaving two, are you? And all of his disciples, all of Jesus' disciples, they're, they're so close to Jesus every single day. And here they are, near the end. They've spent all this time with him, and now they're considering unfollowing. They're like, we could lose our life if we stay with him. And Jesus is like, are you going to leave too? You can't lie to him. What do you say? Yep, I'm, I'm thinking about leaving Jesus, you know. Uh, see ya. Well, Peter... And Peter is known for saying some of the craziest things. Out of all the bad things that Peter's kind of said, here he says something very profound. And I wish that this question could be like embedded in our soul and in our mind and in our thoughts. And the next time we're tempted to doubt, we remember this question. When we're tempted to unfollow that we think through this. In John 6.68, Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? Where are we going to go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you're the Holy One of God. Where, where are we going to go? Peter is basically saying, Jesus, do you want to leave too? And Peter's kind of saying, yeah, we kind of do want to go, Jesus. But where are we going to go? Where, where are we going to go? I, I, because Peter recognized something very important. That if he stops following Jesus... He's going to start following something else. He's going to start following someone or something. Because choosing to not follow Jesus, you're going to choose to follow something else. And Peter's saying, if, if, if not you, then who? If, if, if we don't follow this, that your teachings, then what are we going to follow? If we say no to you, we're going to say yes to something else. So we're, we kind of considered it. We're not comfortable with it. We do want to go, but to whom shall I go? You know, it, it can be hard at times and inconvenient to follow Jesus. And sometimes we might feel like walking away. I felt like walking away. I mean, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I haven't felt like walking away lots of times. I'm like, man, are you, are you sure this is what you want to do? And I kind of remember this question, but... Where are you going to go? To whom are you going to go? You've got to consider the options. You need to think about this before we walk away. His thought process was interesting. He says, you're the one that has the words of eternal life. We've listened to other rabbis. We've listened to other people. And they don't have the words of eternal life. They don't have words that, that show us how we can be rid of the sin in our life. They don't have any of these words no one else is offering that. And, and Peter must be thinking, what am I going to do? I mean, when, when you found me, I was out fishing with my dad. We're out fishing and you called me. You invited me into something great. You invited me to, into having a purpose. You invited me to get involved with the story of God. So what am I going to do now? Go fishing? Going to turn around, leave all this, and just go fishing? Maybe have some kids? Hopefully. I'll live long enough to have some grandkids and then die. 
And the logic is, you know, we, we would rather die for something than live for nothing. They were invited into something bigger. And you know, you are invited into something bigger than your own life. And they must be thinking, you know, we thought you'd be king by now. We thought you'd be, you know, you've gotten rid of the Romans by now, but you haven't. But, but leave, I kind of like to, but where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. And you've been invited into something more as well. You've been invited to follow the the Savior of the world. And if you're not going to follow the Savior of the world, who are you going to follow? Is anything in your life so good that you're going to look back on your deathbed and say, you know what, I am so, so glad that I stopped following Jesus so that I could do fill in the blank. So I could do this, so I could do that. So I could, you know, make more money. So I could be with this person. I'm so glad I stopped following Jesus. So I could do that. Like, oh, I mean, he's got such a hot car. You know, cars like that, they don't come around all the time. Or, you know, or there's like, you know, but she's so pretty. You know, and anybody can be a Christian, but not everybody can be that pretty. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, have you seen her? Like, have you seen her? Like, let's fast forward here. Like, 25 years, and have you seen her then? (laughs) Just saying. You're thinking it, you know. I mean, there's a day that's going to come, though, that if you walk away, you choose to unfollow, that you're going to go, and you're going to be at this day where you look back, and you're going to wish that you could go back to that decision. And decide to keep following rather than unfollow. See, because, because making that decision to continue follow, man, making that decision can avoid a whole season in your life that you wish you never had to go through. And some of you maybe have been through that already. You, you, maybe you're, you've come back to Christ and you look back and say, man, I wish I never stopped following. You can avoid regret. If you just pause and and ask this question during the tough times, where am I going to go? Who am I going to follow? You owe it to yourself to ask this question. Is anyone else offering eternal life? Is anyone else offering freedom from bondage? So to whom shall we go? We choose to unfollow Jesus. Well, then what are we going to do? And, you know, we face times of transition. We face times of temptation. We face times of trouble. And these things cause us to think, you know what, maybe it's time to unplug. Maybe it's time to stop following Jesus. Maybe you're in you know, college and you have a professor and he's talking and you say, oh, this, this is not true. And, and you're hearing all this stuff and he's, he's trying to talk about you know, God and faith and how it's all just you know, not real. Here's the thing to realize. The professor might be smarter than you, but that doesn't mean he's righter than you or wiser than you are. In fact, that professor that you heard 15 years ago may very well be following Christ right now and he can't go back and undo all that crazy stuff that he said. Some of us, you know, we're we're at a spot in our life where we're saying, you know, where's God? Why did he allow this to happen to me? Why did he allow me to, to get into the hole in the first place? He just didn't come through to me. 
You know, it's a mistake to step away from Jesus just because you have questions that aren't answered. Because just because you don't have an answer doesn't mean that there isn't an answer out there. Imagine asking Peter, well, what's going to happen if you keep following Jesus? Peter's like, I don't know. We, we know the end of the story. Peter ended up getting crucified just like Jesus did, except upside down. I mean, he kept following, and, and it didn't end well for him. But he felt, I'd rather die for something greater than me than live for nothing. And sometimes, you know, it looks like we feel like, well, God has just abandoned me. God has just left me. But just because you feel like God abandoned you doesn't mean that he did. And just because there's questions that that you don't have answered doesn't mean there's not answers. And just because you say, well, God hasn't answered my prayer doesn't mean that he won't. And just because, you know, you feel like things aren't going to work out doesn't mean that they won't work out. See, when we consider all the options, it brings clarity. But sometimes we're like, you know, I just don't want to think about it. I just don't want to think about it anymore. I'm just, I'm just going to avoid the question altogether. You know, you say, oh, choosing to, to walk away from Jesus means I'm choosing to follow something else. I'm not going to follow anything else. I'm just going to not even think about it. Well, if you're choosing not to follow Jesus, that's saying I'm choosing just to follow myself and whatever whim I have. And how much do we know about eternity? Nothing in and of ourselves. If not Jesus, then who? If not being a Christian, then, then what? And if you don't know the answer to that question, then don't make a move. John 14, 6. This is one of my favorite verses when it comes to, to these kind of thoughts. John 14, 6 is Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and th- these next two words, man, these are fighting words with all the other belief systems in the world. And this is why people think that, that Christians are, are narrow-minded. Man, if we're following Jesus, listen to what he says. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What? No one. No one. Doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter how much you meditate, how much you pray. No one can come to the Father except through me. So we have to ponder that. Was Jesus telling the truth or was he not? Yeah, there's going to be questions in your life. Yeah, there's going to be difficult things that we face. There's going to be storms that we all face. But is that a reason to unfollow Jesus? He's the Holy One of God. He's the one that gives words of eternal life. If you're not going to follow Him, then who are you going to follow? If you lay aside a belief, make sure the belief that you pick up makes more sense than the one you're laying down. Sometimes we're like, I'm not going to follow Jesus. Why? Because he's got a nice car. <laughs> like, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, let's think through this just a little bit more. If you don't have a good reason, oh, why are you laying it down? Well, because I'm having difficulty in my life. And you don't want God to be with you during this difficult time? Man, that's when we need him more than ever. That's not the time to unfollow. Don't make a move until you've answered that question. See, salvation is free. Salvation doesn't cost you anything. But following Jesus will cost you something. Following Jesus will cost you something. 
And sometimes people that believe in Christ, they get these things backwards. They think, well, i got to do all this stuff to become saved, to get salvation. But then after that, then God's supposed to just make everything great. No, it's the other way around. Salvation doesn't cost you anything. But following Jesus may cost you something. But here's the catch. Refusing to follow Jesus could cost you everything. Could cost you everything. What would we give in exchange for our soul? And we would give everything. Are you following Jesus? To whom shall we go? Let's bow our heads. Father, we come to you. We thank you for your words which give us wisdom, which give us life. And help us to follow you. You alone have the words of eternal life. You alone have the words of hope. You alone are the one that can forgive us of our sin and pull us out of the pit. Help us to follow you with all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.